fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Yeah, there's there's no need to panic. Uh, the bottom line, we we didn't play clean enough. Uh, you're not going to win, you know, when when you when you have three turnovers away from home and they have one. Uh, two two of the fumbles weren't even caused by uh, Oklahoma State. They were caused by us. Um, you know, you can't you can't do that. Um, as, as well as we had some drops, uh, had nine penalties. The non-playing penalties put us behind it. When I say non-playing penalties, I, when you're in the middle of a play, you know, you, you're going to have some things happen. But not before and after the play. You shouldn't have penalties. And, and we've had too many of them. And, and it, they show up and it, makes, and it makes a difference. So, you know, you if you got to play a clean, cleaner game. And that's the bottom line. And... And um, and and we didn't do it well enough. And Oklahoma State did it better than we did as far as playing a clean game. And and they win a tight game that way. There is former University of Oklahoma head football coach Bob Stoops talking about the Bedlam battle from a week ago, and uh, turnovers and penalties. You know, just. Um, the costly mistakes, you know, the penalties not made out there on the field in the in the action. You're going to get some holdings. You're going to get some some PIs. You're going to get some stuff that happens out there. But uh, the non-playing penalties are are crucial. You've got to clean that up. And then it's the turnovers, man. Turnovers. Like, to me, that is the clear culprit for Oklahoma the last two weeks now it's not like everything else is perfect and the turnovers have derailed them now i get that you know we we've we've had plenty of mistakes out there but all of that is is inflamed with with the three turnovers in both those games six turnovers in two games that's gonna get you beat man it is yeah, um, trying to go back and look at their third down percentage. Um, I, and I'm going to guess when I look at most offensive stats the past two weeks during a loss, like nothing's really going to look all that great. Five of 12 on third down. So that's not just – it's not great. I mean, it's not god-awful, I guess. That still needs You're to be about better. about offensively? Yeah, and it was bad against Kansas, two of 10. So I, I, I'm yeah. going to guess I can look at every single offensive stat the past two weeks outside of total yards – and say, yeah, it's going to get a lot better. So I'm just trying to figure out why there's been so many more turnovers these past two weeks, so many unforced turnovers. I don't think it's this simple. I think that there's a lot of reasons why, but maybe this offense has been in way too many third and longs compared to weeks previously. I mean, that's that's got to be a factor too, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the here's the thing, man. You have uh, – you have a muffed kick against Kansas. You have 
the the low snap against Oklahoma State, and then the the one the direct snap to Javante Barnes, you know that you mishandled. I, that three of the six right there are, you know, just handing the ball over to the other team. They had absolutely zero impact on on those turnovers. Um, you know, the deep ball against Oklahoma State into double coverage was a bad throw. We could have got a little more fight from the wide receiver there, but chalk that one up to Oklahoma State making a play. Um, you know, Farouk fumbles. You got a wide receiver in the backfield. You know, he's he's running some downhill running plays, which, you know, I I don't mind them trying that because at the time, you know, we just we're still looking for something, you know, running back wise for a spark in the running game. So I can understand why they did that. Heck, I remember a lot of the conversation on here, people uh, suggesting that and, and, and talking about it, but they put a helmet on the ball, so chalk that up to, to some. And then was there a tip pass that someone intercepted? Against UCF there was. Oh, that was um, UCF. Yeah, he tried to find Drake over the middle. That ball got tipped. It was a really nice play, actually, by the UCF defender um, to make yeah. it. But What yeah. was the other, other one in the uh, – in the Kansas game, the pick six, the fumbled kickoff, and the Farouk fumble. Those, pick those were the three. Yeah, the pick six. That's the one um, I was for, I was leaving out. That one they made a play. So you've got you got three where they made a play, and you got three where you just handed the football over to them. Like that's, I mean, to me, it, that's it right there. You know, the the one where we threw the deep ball that was on first down. Um, Trying to remember what yeah the play text line was is saying to... all three turnovers were on first down against uh, against OSU and that feels right especially the snap to Barnes I feel yep. like OU just had a big run play like yep. right before no that. Nick Anderson caught a big pass the the deep crosser where the two guys ran into each other like a forty yard passing play to Nick Anderson next play was to Barnes uh, the bad snap was the first play of the series after the ninety seven yard drive yeah and then. Um, but the the other one was that out of halftime? Uh, yes, coming out of halftime? yeah, it was because they uh, the first play of that drive was to Brennan Thompson, and maybe it was the next play, or, or maybe it was third down. Uh, maybe they pick up a first down after that. I don't remember, but that was the drive at a halftime. Yeah, so just just missed opportunities, man. Missed opportunities yep. that entire second half. You should have had a lead going into halftime, uh, but you definitely should have had a lead uh, a lot earlier in the third quarter that you did. And you should have ran away with it. Unfortunately, they didn't. So I guess right. this is a question of the text line. What could happen on Saturday that makes you feel better about this offense moving forward? Is there anything? Has the damage already been done? And there's nothing they can do against West Virginia that makes you feel better? Or is there something? Is it playing clean football? Is it running for 250? Is it hitting on the deep ball multiple times? Like, What has it got to look like on Saturday for you to say for the first time in a while, all right, I, I, feel, I feel a lot better about this offense now moving forward. Is, is there yeah. anything? Well, I'm sure there's some things. I, here's, here's what's wild. You know, I, I guess it's not, not all that wild, but it's, it's interesting to note. You, in, in the last two weeks, in both losses, you outgained the opponent. And I think we all pretty much agree 
that it wasn't perfect and you made mistakes, but the defense played good enough to win in both games. 100%. Like, so, and you were better on third down than Oklahoma State was. We weren't better than Kansas, but it wasn't by much. I think they were, we were, what would you say, two of Two of ten against Kansas, yeah. And I think they were like four of 14 or something like that. So it's not that much better. Um, You know, so, and, you know, we haven't been good on fourth. And that goes back to, like, I I believe, like, one of our problems is on a lot of third downs that we're not picking up, it's because we're trying to set it up to go for it on fourth. Instead of running a play that is – a big enough chunk that you can you can pick up the third and third and ten, third and twelve. I, you know, I know I said this previously, but there's a difference between running routes to pick up a a third and seven or eight, and checking it down whenever it's not there. I mean, that's different than running a zero yard route. Yeah, and just getting the ball out of your hand. So, what can happen to make you feel better about the offense on Saturday? Uh, let's see. Boomer Gooner says convert from third and fourth mid range. Four oh five says no mental breakdowns when available. Close them out. That's my big one there at the end. We'll come back to that. Nine one eight attention to detail is the reason for most of these turnovers, if not all. You might be able to fake it for a while, but it will eventually catch up with the team. Um, Four oh five. I will feel better if we forget the RPO. 918, no drop balls, an extended drive that ends with a touchdown, multiple drives. 918, best thing is going to feel with the offense, outscore West Virginia offense, just go win the game. Uh, 316, I felt good about the offense all year, just can't turn it over. That's from Boomer Herman. We got a lot more, we, we got a lot more responses, and we'll get to those. I, I'm just at the separating part of it, you know. Defense puts you in the spot, go have a drive where you push it to two scores. And then they get another spot, and then you really, you know, put it out of reach. Like, that's – like, not just that next score that we've been waiting on to get it to a two-score game like we were last week. Like, no, go score on, like, three of your next four drives and really put it out of reach and make it like a 21-24 point game. Yeah. No, I agree. Just no lulls offensively. Just just keep it going, man. And, and even well, on the drives – like, th- I mean, there's so many small things that I could say here – but I'll say, man, like even on the drives where you don't come away with points, make that a drive where it ends up being 12 plays and you take off, you know, four minutes and 15 seconds of clock. Right. Or four minutes yeah. and 20 seconds. I'll uh, appease to the audience here on the text line. How about that? If, you, if, you've, got a, if you've got a lead. Correct. Right, you know, um, I, I agree. Now, I want to address one of the text messages in there that, Said you can only fool people for so long. I I don't think we were fooling people. You don't get to seven and zero, and and be like number one or top five in turnover margin in the entire country by fooling people. Right? We were excellent taking care of the football. We were running the same exact offense and the same stuff that we're running now, and. You know, I, to say that it's it's luck. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying it's luck, but you know, the muffed kick, the which I, I could I could chalk up the muffed kick to attention to detail. I don't think we should have had a de- defensive end in that place in that day in the direction that they were kicking the ball to us. Um, so that's an attention to detail, but totally avoidable. 
Um, but the snap stuff is, I mean, it's it's not like you're necessarily, I know you're direct snapping it to Javante Barnes, but, I mean, I guess I always joke about running backs not being able to catch, but running backs can catch a snap, and Javante Barnes can catch a snap. I don't know what happened there. It was, it was a rocket. He wasn't ready for it, whatever. But, like, I'm not going to start saying that, oh, it was it was fake the whole time. You know, we're a turnover-prone football team. I just think we've been snake-bitten the last two weeks, and it's not difficult at all for us to turn it around and get back to where we were previously. Guy from Parts Unknown, what Tyler's saying, looked like the team that beat Iowa State. Yes, exactly. Um, yep. OU ended up scoring, I think, half a hundred that day, right at half a hundred, and it felt like they could have scored 65 if they wanted to. Like, w- just one of those games, to get way too greedy is we're in the post game. Yeah, OU wins today 52-14. I mean, it was 52-14, but come on. OU could have scored 70 if they wanted to today. And and I know that that's extreme, but you know the point there. Just have one of those days where you just keep rolling it up offensively on those guys. And 70 is going to be hard for this offense to score on anyone, but like we talked about earlier, this defense that you're playing, you can roll it up on these guys if you're executing well. That opportunity is there. Yeah, hey, I I agree with that. I agree with that. But, you know, their offense does present a a very tough challenge. Number one uh, team running the football in the conference, whenever you look at the conference-only games, and, you know, they've got a really good offensive line. Their center is excellent. Um, You know, they come off the ball hard. They're, They're physical. Got a really good scheme, so... It'll be a challenge there, but yeah, I mean, come on. We're a more talented football team. We're we're superior on both sides of the ball. We should win the game. Does that mean we will? (laughs) Absolutely. I feel confident about the defense. Uh, My Thursday feel. uh, I'm looking like 28-17 right now for my Thursday feel. 28-17, another low-scoring football. 28-17 in another game where they win the coin toss. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Was the 27-24 game, I know we lost it, but that that was not a boring football game, right? Um, there was too I mean, much stress involved for it to be any sort of boring. So, I mean, not not to me. It was right. it was so, I mean, it was a lot of things. It was frustrating, it was stressful. I never felt bored at at, at any moment. Okay. My point is, isn't that kind of the sweet spot for a game that's that's competitive between two teams is high 20s, low 30s for uh, – that's, that's enough offense to keep you satisfied and enough defense to where you feel like you've got a chance yeah. to get the stops like that You actually need. think even after a turnover, it used to be, oh, God, they're taking over at like the 20-yard line. Here's a quick six points. Over under right. one and a half plays until they score. Yeah, no, I, I am, uh, I, I am, and I think even this fan base, I think, would be okay with winning games twenty seven, twenty four in the SEC. Well, I, I'm okay winning games like that anywhere. I, I think that, you know, we got into this. Uh, there was this debate going on around college football and maybe football in general that you've got to have all of these points like up and down the football field 
for it to be an enjoyable watch, and I just flat out totally disagree with that. By, by the way, what a role reversal. What a role reversal we had last Saturday. Oh, my gosh. Remember when this conference was being just, and rightfully so at times, I, I understand, with the way mm-hmm. that football was being played, but <laughs> flag football out there in the Big 12, Oklahoma, a real man's game. You know what a real man's football game looks like? Go watch LSU and Alabama play. That's what real men playing football looks like. Right. Uh, Bedlam, who everyone used to make fun of, 27-24, Alabama beat LSU 42-28. And the only reason it was 42-28 and not 42-35 or 42-41 is because Jaden Daniels got hurt late in the game. Right. Man. Yep. Role reversal there, huh? Like, Look at all these scores uh, in the Big 12. 35-28, Tech over TCU. 33-30, Texas over Kansas State. 27-24, Oklahoma State over Oklahoma. 28-21, Kansas over Iowa State. 25-24, Houston over Baylor. 28-26, Jeez. UCF over Cincinnati. It's like the same exact West Virginia score scored the most points in the league last week with yeah. 37 over BYU. 37. Man, that used they, to be a first-half score. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? I mean, it's... The style in the Big 12 has totally changed, and i got to tell you, um, I think it's, it's really exciting right now, really entertaining. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Hanging out at 405 Burger Bar. Remember, during OU football games, and they have this awesome TV room. There's a huge, I don't know, it's got to be 100-inch, maybe bigger projection, and then it's surrounded by four uh, other big screen, you know, flat screen, so you've got, five TVs in here, and then you've, you've got kind of like stadium seating with bar tops and, and stuff. It's really cool, filled up with cool sports memorabilia. It's an awesome place to come watch the games. And during OU games, dollar pints, domestics during the game, after kickoff and before the final whistle, and then on Mondays and Thursday nights for NFL. So tonight you'll have $2 domestic pints and $1 sliders during the games. Really, really cool stuff going on here at the 405 Burger Bar. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra, with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra, not just any truck, the truck. GMC's continued commitment to professional-grade engineering is on full display at your Oklahoma GMC dealers. Come take a test drive today and see for yourself. We are professional-grade GMC. Your equipment search ends here. Now that's a bold statement. But at Purple Wave Auction, it's true. See for yourself at purplewave.com. Purple Wave is your online marketplace for ag and construction equipment, utility vehicles, trucks and trailers, and yes, even a classic car or two. Bidding is straightforward and simple. No reserves, no minimum bids. Ready to get started? Head to purplewave.com. Purple Wave Auction. Straight, simple, sold. Would you like to play a more active role in your health? At Hightower Clinical, we believe all Oklahomans should have access to new potential treatment options through clinical trial participation. Our team wants to support you with the best care possible through clinical trials. No health insurance is required. Compensation is available for eligible study participants, and study care is provided at no cost. Having the chance to go through a trial and find out if something works for them and makes their life easier, I would recommend them do it. To learn more, scan this QR code. And yeah. 
I am out on the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears. All right, no way I'm watching that game. Well, Broken Arrow and Norman High tonight, 7 p.m., krefsports.tv. When I say to you, because we're in the month of November right now, coaching carousel is about to get underway before we know it. Uh When I say hot seat for college football head coaches, who immediately comes to mind? I got a list right here, but who immediately comes to mind for you? Coach on the hot seat. Coach on the hot seat, who immediately comes to mind in college football? Well, I mean, I think the most notable is obviously Jimbo Fisher. I just. He's at the top of every list. Yeah, I just can't come to terms with someone paying $75 million to fire some. I just, I, I can't ever wrap my head around that. Um, has a worse record than Sumlin at the same stage. Well, hasn't won 10 yeah. games in College Station since 2018. Um, he can't right. win an SEC road game, apparently. That just, that can't happen. Um, yeah, it's right. it's the buyout. I mean, if his buyout was... Fifteen million? Don't you think he'd be out at the end of the year? Because oh, I, I do. At the end of the year, he'd probably already be gone. Like, what are? Uh, they're not. They're still. Five, they're five and four. They're five hundred in in conference. So, uh, what about Pittman? I know they got a win, but yeah, the list that I have in front of me says Jimbo at A and M, first name mentioned. Uh, Justin Wilcox at Cal. 10 and 18 in his last 28, and a blown two point conversion that oh. cost me two weeks ago against USC. God, guys, can we not draw something up better in that spot? Jeez. Uh, uh, I don't, who else you got? I don't know. Harbaugh is on here. We know what that's all about. And Harbaugh? E- yeah. Uh huh. The coach at Michigan? That's the same one. Is on the hot seat? He's, on, he's got the best team in the country right now, five, and he's on the hot seat. five coaches mentioned here, and Harbaugh, is, uh, his name is listed third. <laughs> he may be suspended, and he Michigan's may leave to go to the him. Yeah, there's no NFL, way. but he ain't on the hot seat. Michigan's not firing him. Yeah, if anything, they're going to burn the entire conference to the ground with, uh, with receipts on sign-stealing, like – in order to keep him as their head coach, right? I mean, that's more likely to happen than them firing him. There is a Big 12 coach on here, and I've been seeing this name for a few weeks now. Dave Aranda had that 12-2 and two season just two, oh, two right. years ago, man. Won a Big 12 championship. They're 9-13 and 13 since uh, the glory hole days down there in Waco. I just – Baylor's bad this year. They just lost to Houston at home. I – I don't think they'd fire Dave Aranda at the end of the year, right? So they'd at least give him one more. Just won a Big Twelve championship know. two years ago. I don't know it. You know he won. He won the Big Twelve championship with rules you know, players. Well, with McGuire's players, oh, yeah, really. Yeah, seriously. You know he. I think that was one of the massive things that that perhaps Baylor or whoever underestimated was how important. McGuire was to the recruiting, like to their formula with the players that, you know, that they kind of fly under the radar in the state of Texas that he he can get in on and because he knows everyone. I don't think Aranda has been able to make anywhere near those inroads. At least it doesn't seem like it. So that's that's going to be tough to overcome. I don't know. I, I, I know 
that he was sniffing around to get out of town whenever that Wisconsin deal was was coming up. Might maybe maybe he he isn't having as much fun there at Baylor as he envisioned. I don't know. Speaking of Wisconsin, I guess um, that's the top of Mule Shoes wish wish list. The former uh, Leonard, yeah, Jim Leonard. Uh huh. Who he wants? Hmm. Which, if I'm Jim Leonard. Is that who he wants, or is that who everyone is telling him that he needs to get? Both, probably. Both. And if you're Jim Leonard, I'm sure they can pay you, but I don't know, man. The track record's not great with he and defensive coordinators. you you got a nice little reputation as a DC. You've done some nice things. You might have some options. I mean, is that necessarily a place that you want to go be a defensive coordinator if you've got if you got some juice behind you, I, I don't. I mean, I just think I, I just think the word's out that good luck playing great defense or good defense with that guy. I agree with that, but uh, you know, most people overvalue their talent, right? Myself included in that, probably more so than than anyone else. On the else. horseman front and the dead eye thing, right. for sure. So. What's hard to turn turn away from is a, a large amount of money to be a defensive coordinator, a, a place like USC that historically has had incredible defensive talent come through there, and like the upside if you are able to go in there and turn it around. Like if you go in and, and turn USC into a top 25 defense in two years, you're probably like the number one head coaching candidate in the country for whatever opens up next. And don't forget, you know? the sh- don't forget the shopping too. Could be big for and uh... the And the shopping. So like that stuff's hard to turn down whenever like you say, Oh, I'll be able to turn it around. They haven't had a coach like me, uh, you know, coaching defense for him. And maybe he – I don't know if, if Leonard could turn it around or not, but, like, what happens if you do is pretty compelling, you know? Oh, yeah. Brad from Shawnee says Neil Brown is on the hot seat. He definitely was coming into the year. It feels like that's cooled off pretty significantly. Now, if they lose the rest of their games and finish at 6-6, six and six, then yes, but if they can get to eight wins, which I think is doable, then he's he's back next year. Yeah, I, 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 there's no way that they hire, uh, fire Neil Brown, right? You, you have to have a better answer. If you're gonna if you're gonna fire a guy that is six and three right now, uh, you better have an answer as to who you're gonna hire. And you, you want me to come home, don't you? I'm I'm a West Virginia guy. I'm available. You want me to come home, don't you? Boy, I don't you know that A and M is like making that call to West Virginia and like, listen, we want to work a trade or something. Uh, you can have him as your next head coach. You you just pick up this contract, you take him. Right? We don't want to buy. We don't want to pay this buyout. Please bail us out. Now they may fire Neil Brown if they can just uh, swoop in and pick up 
Jimbo Fisher's contract, which that'd be a ton of money, but yeah, well, you know, Neil, they, Neil they Brown, would all of a sudden be front and center in college football. They'd make a trade for a coach that has uh, fewer wins. It was Neil Brown's got more wins than Jimbo than uh, Jimbo Fisher has right now. Yeah, that well, the case. they wouldn't work a trade, but I they would try and find a way to make them pick up that contract, I guess. Which I. Whatever. A lot of confidence from the 918. Neil Brown won't be on the hot seat by Saturday at about 10 p.m. So I, that sounds like someone that's picking West Virginia to win the football game on Saturday night. Well, I mean, if you beat Oklahoma two years in a row. Saved his job last year, could save his job again. Yeah. I mean, let's say realistically they they lose to Oklahoma. They're 6-4. and four. They'll beat Cincinnati. They're seven and four. They beat Baylor. They're eight and four. Going to a, that's a their best decent year. Bowl game. That's their best year. Well, yeah. probably since Kyler's year in twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's yeah. That's he. He's back. There, there ain't no way. I mean, you just how do you justify that unless you've got someone sitting there? But you know, if he goes eight and four, he won't be unemployed very long. Bro- so. Brooke says, "Can I get a happy birthday from y'all? I turned forty today. Happy birthday, Brooke." Happy, happy birthday. Well, I'm not going to sing it, but happy birthday. The big 4-0? It's a milestone. Dude, you're coming up on 40. You're past 40. I but know. Yeah, I am. In uh, about mm, less than six and a half years, I'll be there. Yeah. It'll be there before you know it. Uh, you're going to start getting, in, if it hasn't happened already, where the years like flip past so quickly that – you can barely even keep well, track. Well, you say that's going to happen. Um, we've been doing the show together since like 2015. I don't really remember what happened between now and 2018. It kind of feels like this. Like this it was all the same year. What happened? It's, it's crazy because like when you're a kid, it feels like eighth grade lasted 10 years. You know, it just all like goes on forever. But now it just, they flip past. So quickly. Uh, Slim right. Brady says, I turned yeah. 22 today. So we got all the happy birthday shout outs. Happy birthday. Happy Slim birthday. Brady. All right. Quick time out. More from the rush coming up here from the 405 Burger Bar. Remember, during the game, in the game tonight, NFL on Monday and Thursday, it's $2 domestic pints during the game and $1 sliders during the game. And during OU games, $1 domestic pints during the OU games here at the 405 Burger Bar on Main Street. You can't miss us. Sooner Football Talk lives here. This is The Ref. There are trucks. Then there's the truck. GMC Sierra with available features like the V8 engine, the ultimate luxury interior, and of course, the available world's first six-function multi-pro tailgate. GMC Sierra. Not just any truck. The truck. GMC's continued... Back in the game. Ortho Central, number one in sports medicine and orthopedic care. Call 405-360-6764 and schedule an appointment today. The Riverwind Casino and Hotel bring you the final hour of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, a lot of true freshmen from that 2023 class contributing uh, on this team right now. I guess most notably, mm-hmm. you've got Peyton Bowen, uh, you've got PJ out there. You've got Kendall Dolby. You've got Caden Green. And during Locked In today, we kind of pulled the uh, the text line to see who they think is having the best season uh, from the 23 class as a true freshman. Not redshirt freshman, true freshman. 
And we got majority of Peyton Bowen. But for what he's meant to the run game the past few weeks, Caden Green is at a solid number two right now for freshman seasons. It's Peyton Bowen right now, but, you know, he's been banged up and hasn't been nearly as active. And Caden Green is getting better and better and better every week. And that kid is going to be a special offensive lineman. I think he's going to end up playing guard. Well, and that's what I was bringing up earlier is he was recruited as a tackle. All the intentions mm-hmm. were for his future to be tackle, but is he so good at guard that maybe just leave him there? Maybe. And he he plays with, which is, you know, a good thing, but it leaves you wondering. He's the most physical and plays with the, the biggest mean streak of any of the offensive linemen right now, and he's a true freshman. So, I mean, that's saying quite a bit on both sides of it, honestly, but it's it's impressive what he's done. He's getting better and better and better. And, you know, um, if the run game continues to keep progressing and we look back this offseason at when it started happening, I, I, I don't think he deserves 100% of the praise, but we're probably going to be talking in the offseason that, you know what? When they put Caden Green in and they just kept him in, that's really when the run game started to look its best. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, we've we've got some special-looking freshmen from that group for sure. And not all of them on the, are on the field right now. Some of them are taking a redshirt year and growing and developing, which is good. But, man, you talk about, a guy like Josiah Wagner, who was competing for that starting corner spot, um, PJ, Peyton Bowen, Caden Green, and you know it's going to end up being Jackson Arnold from that group. I, Kendall that Dolby's gonna, getting a lot of run this year. Uh, yeah. Brent likes what Jacoby Johnson's uh, doing. Dolby wasn't a yeah. He, well, freshman, he was though. well. He was in this class, but yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I heard Brent say, I think on Monday, he likes what Jacoby Johnson's doing on special teams. Yeah. Not seeing him a ton defensively, but Jacquez Petaway has played at times. He's a big, good-looking player, though, Jacoby Johnson is. So there's a a lot of players from that 23 class, and some others who we're really not seeing, but I'm still excited about Lewis Carter, you know? I'm still excited about uh, a Josh Bates, someone who I think could be a – mean, tough, nasty offensive lineman here moving forward, Samuel Omasigo. So I, I don't yeah. think it, this class is not just who we've seen this year. There's some guys who yeah. aren't playing that got a chance to be big contributors next year. That's right. No, I, that, is, that is true. The, they like the safety, too, the, um, the kid from McAllister. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, Eric McCarty. Is that who you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's going to be a player. Yeah, there's some guys that, you know, it takes a little bit of transition time, redshirting and and growing into those roles and learning the defense and learning the offense. It's, that's not a bad thing. It's totally fine. It's even – it's actually better. So, yeah, it's turned out already I've been a great recruiting class. Yeah, and then um, looking ahead to this 24 class, Devon Mitchell will have a chance to be your starting tight end next year. We'll, yep. we'll see what they do in the portal there if they do anything, but he'll he'll be in that mix. 
Oh, um, I guarantee they'll be tied in in the portal. Yeah. They have to. Taylor Definitely Tatum, was. we'll see what running back looks like after a few more weeks, but Tatum's the number one running back. You'd think he'd have at least a chance to get some care. There, there, there are some players in this 24 class. David Stone, clearly. Um, you'll yeah. see contributors from the 24 class next year as well. Hey, what was the deal with Okoye last night? So, um, yeah, he went to the hospital in Tulsa. He's back home and released, so it looks like he's okay. I don't know exactly what's going on there. It doesn't sound like it's anything that's super serious or anything that we really need to be worried about, but he was he was okay enough to throw the horns down while in the while in the yeah. the, the hospital last night. So I take that as a good sign. Yeah, I just it came across the timeline. I saw that it uh, looked like he was in the L'Hôpital, so I was a little bit concerned there, but seems like everything's okay and he's home, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, Scary Gary says, catch me pulling at Connor Stallions in Fayetteville this weekend for my buddy's bachelor party. Nice. Godspeed, Scary Gary. But just watch their defense. You don't really need to watch Arkansas's offense these days. Just watch the defense. Yeah, who- Matter of fact, who are they playing? Watch who they're playing. Don't they? Watch uh, they play. Oh yeah, they play Auburn uh, on Saturday at home. You got them on the schedule next year. Yeah, you need to watch uh, watch Hugh Freeze over there and see what they're doing signal wise. Which uh, speaking of the SEC, just another like uh, indication of <laughs> the different world you're about to roll into. OU plays eight SEC opponents next year. And seven of those eight on your schedule are currently in the top 20 in recruiting in 2024, according to 24-7. Missouri being the lone team, and they've got the best player out of uh, all those SEC teams coming in that you play, or at least committed right now. Dang. Yeah. That's interesting. And you've got, looking at the AP top 25, let's see, you play... Texas, who's in the top uh, 25? Mm. Alabama. You play Ole Miss. Who's, you, got th- you play three teams that are in the top 10 right now. Um, Tennessee will be there play somewhere. Tennessee's in the top 15, so there's four. You play Missouri, who's 16. That's five. You play LSU, who's 18. That's six. And I Auburn guess, and Missouri, or uh, excuse me, Auburn and South Carolina are the only two that you didn't mention there. The other two opponents. That's right. So six of your eight right now are in the top 20, top 18. Well, we've been talking about turnovers all week long and how it can't happen. The the margin is too slim. Well, (laughs) same line even more so going into next year against those teams. Right. Which, you know, and I will say this, the, the Big 12 has turned out way better than it looked beforehand like texas is top 10 oklahoma state's top 15 you played kansas they're top 20 they're at 19 um you're not playing kansas state but they're just outside the top 25 they're in the top 25 in the in the uh college football playoff poll so we we're going to end up seeing but by the end of the year we'll have more top 25 teams than we thought we were going to see for sure so all right Quick timeout, more from The Rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap things up here from the 405 Burger Bar. The word is spreading, and the ref army is growing. Keep telling your friends and family that there's only one station for true Sooner fans, and that's the Ref Radio Sports Network and worldwide on the KREF app. 
Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno is family-owned and operated, and they take pride in providing a no-pressure, friendly sales process with excellent service. National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. You can go your way. Final segment of the day, wrapping it up on this Thursday. Yep, we've got college and NFL football tonight. Including one team that is still considered a college football playoff contender. I don't know if I've seen this team play this year. Maybe uh, they've been playing at 11 a.m. like OU has this year. I don't know. But 11th-ranked Louisville is still considered a college football playoff contender. They're ranked 11th right now. They're 8-1 and in the year. But they've got a very favorable home game against Virginia tonight at 6.30 on ESPN. Yeah. And I guess the question is, if they went out, finish 11-1, and beat who? Florida State in the ACC Florida championship State. game. Could Louisville be in the college football playoff? Wow. If they beat mm-hmm. Florida State, yes. Right? I mean, they haven't played. What, they beat uh, – Duke was top 25 at the time, and they shut them out. Top but 20, was, they beat Notre Dame, who was top 10 at the time. Yeah. Um, they're, they they're got Virginia loss. at Miami and Kentucky. They got a bad loss, man, at Pitt. They lost by 17 yeah. points. Yikes. But they got Virginia tonight – at Miami and then Kentucky at home, and then the ACC championship game. Crazy. Yeah, I wonder what's if there's something up with that pit game too. Like if they're missing a quarterback or something. I just I I don't know. I haven't I haven't followed up with uh, Louisville all that much. But I, if you've got Florida State at number four right now, undefeated, and Louisville's just outside of the top ten, and that top ten is going to change uh, if Penn State loses to Michigan and they have two losses, they're going to fall out. Ole Miss, if they lose to uh, 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 Georgia, they're going to fall out. So, yeah, I mean, and then one of Michigan and Ohio State's going to lose at, at one point when they play each other, and they're not going to fall out of the top ten. But I guess the point is there's still going to be a lot of losses that can happen in front of Louisville to where, you know, you find themselves at number number f- number six, number seven, playing a number four Florida State, and if you beat them in a conference championship game, I, that's pretty compelling. We make fun of the Big Ten West, but the ACC standings are wild, and the ACC is now a conference that no division. I mean, they're just taking the top two teams to play. So you got Florida State at seven and zero, Louisville at five and one, dude, Georgia Tech's is at third in the ACC, all alone with a 4-2 and two record. They are 5-4 and four overall. They were awful in non-conference play, yet somehow they're 4-2 and two in league play and third right behind Louisville. Jeez. So you got FSU, Louisville, Georgia Tech, Duke, 24th-ranked North Carolina with a stunning 3-2 and two record in conference, Boston College, North Carolina State. Then you get to Vautech, Miami, and Clemson. Right. Wow. What a league. Yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, it, it feels like there's a lot of bark, no bite there in the ACC at the moment. But, you know, what are we going to say? I, well, I guess I, what are we going to say? Because the Big Ten West race is crazy. The ACC race is crazy. The Big mm-hmm. 12 race is crazy. With some uns- Pac-12. Yeah. Is that look just looking more and more, though, like Washington and Oregon going to play each other again? It looks like that right now, yeah, but don't forget uh, Oregon State 
is still at seven and two, and they are good. Oregon State is a really good they'll football still play, team. Uh, they'll still play Oregon at the end of the year, I think. Still play Oregon. I think they may play – do they play both of them? Yeah, they play Washington and Oregon in back-to-back weeks to end the season. And I think they beat one of them. Doubt they beat both, but I think they'll beat one of them. I don't know if they're beat, beating Oregon. I think they beat Oregon last year. Is that game in Eugene? In Eugene, o- Oregon is um, – I think Michigan and Georgia are the two best teams, but – I don't know, man. Yep. Maybe I'm out over my skis on Oregon. I just – No, they're I, really good. I, good I wouldn't football. be shocked if they won a playoff game. It's kind of where I'm at with those guys. Yeah. No, they're – it is – you know, Krista Bowell set them up in a pretty good position to be able to, to implement some tougher, you know, more physical football than kind of where they've been in the past. And they're doing it on a on a really big level. Really good on the line of scrimmage, tough, and they got great quarterback play. That's a good combination. And uh, there will be no mercy Saturday night in Eugene, Oregon. Run up the score. No, no mercy. On. No mercy. Run it up. What's your what's your pick? Final score on that game. Oh, oh, I, I locked it. Um, Oregon minus like the fourteen and a half, whatever it was. It could have been eighteen yeah. and a half. I think Oregon's going to score. I think Whatever Oregon's going to score 59. It's going to be 59-31. Oregon's going to win. Mm, yeah, probably right. Thank you to the 405 Burger Bar for having us out. Remember, during OU games, in here in this awesome room, dollar domestics during the game. And for NFL, Monday and Thursday, $2 domestics and dollar sliders here at the 405 Burger Bar. We're out here. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can. NFL game in Chicago tonight with the Bears 2 and 7 hosting Carolina 1 and 7